Tapping the Keg, episode 401. Mitch on the ones and twos. I didn't even give Mitch an opportunity to hit that episode on there. Just me alone, solo. Good show today. We're going to do a Packer off-season deep dive, as you we are accustomed to do around this time of year. Uh, we'll talk about everything that's been going on. Um, news today of Sean Menega getting fired. I don't know if I said his name right. Uh, special teams coach. And Mike Patton probably gone too. Uh, something was revealed interesting about him. So we'll talk all about that. We will get into the changing narratives of Giannis. And does he is he being treated unfairly right now by people that aren't Bucks fans and maybe Bucks fans too? And we'll talk about what's upcoming for the Bucks. Um, look back at the last couple of days as well. Um, they're in action tonight as we tape live. We'll also talk about, you know, what's next for Wisconsinites as well um, in the middle, middle there. Uh, where do they go? Where are their outlets? Some people who are more Packer focused, uh, where are they going? Uh, we were going to bring our stock guy on, Eric, uh, part of tapping the market, but he uh, declined. Uh, so no, you will not get stock news from us. We will not be, we'll probably be the only podcast who's like, Dude, should we lean into this stock shit? I'm like, no, we're probably not gonna do it. So, what's what's funny about what Eric said to you on Twitter was kind of what I was thinking too. Just like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we'll stay in our lane more than we will talk about the stock market and stuff like that because I, I mean, yeah, I'm lost. <laughs> I, uh... I it's it, it's it's I know it's everywhere on Twitter right now, and it's a little bit refreshing that it's not fucking doom and gloom everything this that and people are kind of just amazed at what's going on with the stock market these the early part of this week and it's a little i think uh our boy a friend of the pod cause had a tweet about how you know a lot of people that are normally fighting on on twitter are you know united by this gamestop stocks and amc stocks and just the way the internet has influenced it and what's going on is um very good point by by young Tyler. As uh, Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports said, you know, it ain't no fun when the rabbits got the gun. Um, because <laughs> it's, I mean, it's what it is. And it's, it's wild, man. And some of the takes are just wild. And people defending hedge fund managers is fucking crazy. Um, and like, oh, this is out of control. It's like, is it? Like, I don't know these guys have been doing this shit forever and it's like well they could lose serious money well you could fucking sports gambling's legal Get a job many, well yeah <laughs> and sports gambling's legal in how many states like if you put down like a 250 dollars bet that the chiefs are going to cover uh next sat next sunday night and you lose it well there you go it's gone like that in three hours you just lost 250 dollars. congrats and if you win you probably get about 250 back. You made it, you're up to 500. There you go. So like, don't give me this shit. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by it, but yeah, not our lane. You are right. I honestly, Mitch, I think if it was just me, I might've tried to convince Eric to come on just because, but I know I'm sure with his company, they're probably not like, okay with Eric talking about that shit. And they're like, what? You're is this CNBC from Milwaukee? I'm like, no, it's just a sports podcast where I just want to shoot the shit. Um, but yeah, so you know, well, 
I'm going to try to bring in a few more people just, just, you know, on the rotation when I can, um, you know, so I wouldn't say it's an open invite, but definitely uh, not, not opposed to it. As for the Green Bay Packers, um, we all know that they lost. We're now into day three of the off season. And now I feel like most people have turned the corner. Uh, we have not heard from Matt LaFleur or Brian Gunacus probably tomorrow. I would imagine uh, the the coaches met today. That's why Manega is gone as a special teams coach. No word on Pet yet. So then I think you'll have Lafleur talking on Wednesday or Thursday. Excuse me, today is Thursday. Today he'll probably talk today, um, which continues the content machine. What people don't realize, Mitch, is that this week is just is just catnip for your boy. And for so many other people, oh, in it's, positive it's, and it's, negative direction. It's obvious. It's for sports talk. It's um, it's kind of what you want. I mean, right? Oh, yeah. I, I was I was thinking about that. Like, you know, when the Packers lose, they they lose in the NFC Championship game, as we all know, and and we've I guess sort of become accustomed to. Um, I mean, it, like, what if the Packers actually win the Super Bowl? I mean. Because I've I've heard it. I, I'm sure Bart wouldn't want me to say this, but I've I've heard him say like I I like it when the Packers lose because when they win, there's only so many ways you can say yeah it was a good game. You know, like in order to you know, luckily in the NFC Championship game, 700 things you could talk about mm-hmm. and it can carry you for for a full week. And it's like, what if they would actually won the Super Bowl? Like, I mean, how how does that what does that look like for for sports talk? I mean, I, mean, I guess that it wasn't. Say- by Wednesday, you're comparing Super Bowl teams. So you're like, which one was the best? Which one was your favorite? What will you remember about this one? Right. So basically, you're getting you're getting you're getting what we had most of the week last week. You're you're comparing um, the 2010 team and, and their run and how how is how does that compare to this run? And except it's Super Bowl teams, and you're looking at probably Favre, Rogers, and Bart Starr, and all that stuff, and. I mean, you're probably out of out of content by like, you know, a week. Can can I can I say something that I don't want to offend anyone, but I kind of am over comparing Super Bowl teams. I'm I'm kind of over like comparing teams. I just think that we need to do a better job, and this is just across the board, of looking at seasons in a vacuum. Because I feel like what happens is with the Rogers stuff where they're like, he's one and four in, in conference championships. I'm like, dude, he was a multi, he was a touchdown plus underdog in three of those fuckers. This is the mm-hmm. first time Rogers has been a favorite. They were, do you know, I didn't know this. I forgot it, you know, whatever. I didn't pay attention to lines in 2014. Packers were an eight and a half point dog against Seattle in that game. That's really, yeah, right. Like it, it makes it more inexplicable. They were up nineteen to seven because they were not. They were heavy underdogs. They were heavy underdogs against San Francisco. They were heavy underdogs against Atlanta, and for good reason for Atlanta and probably San Francisco. They both teams covered the spread. So like this narrative about Aaron Rodgers, like it's in a weird way. He is a little similar to like LeBron James Cleveland, where you look and the talent around him isn't always exactly what it needs to be. And I'm not making excuses for Aaron Rodgers, but when Latroy Guyon's your offensive tack or offensive guard in one of those, 
and fucking Ladarius Gunner is guarding Julio Jones, I mean, that's worthy of an excuse. That's like having Booby Gibson as part of your starting rotation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Atlanta game in 2016 was complete. I mean, oh, yeah. You that yeah, one I just throw out. You I throw mean, that out. I mean, that's the, the San Francisco game last year was. They were heavy dogs. I mean, they were probably happy to be there a little more than this year's team. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I think that one is – that loss is perfectly valid, though. I mean, they just got their ass kicked. Yeah, um, yeah totally. I, the, I agree. The 14, the 14 game, they had a, the 14 game, they had every chance to win. Yep. Should have won, obviously. It was a complete disaster um, in the last, you know, half of the fourth quarter in, in that game and, and beyond. And uh, – but yeah, no, I, I think that's that's an interesting point. I mean, obviously everything is about legacy right now though, Charlie. That's that's the way that, you know, everybody wants to talk. And especially losing to Brady, it it sort of amplifies that a little bit where it's like, Oh wow, you know, uh Tom Brady has as many NFC championship game wins as Aaron Rodgers does in his career. And he's only been here for one year, you know, and it, and that's everything. That sort of just it breeds that type of talk. So Right. That's probably why you're getting getting a lot of that right out of the shoot. And then uh, the other thing, too, that everybody's been talking about, certainly for the last couple of days, is Aaron Rodgers and his comments. And I don't know. Then he comes on. And luckily for him, he does the Pat McAfee thing on Tuesdays. And that can that can he gives him he can give himself he can clarify some things he might say after a game. Yeah. But I think he kind of he kind of doubled down on it. I mean, a little bit and on McAfee. And just said, like, like, look, like, it's true. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what the future could hold for our team or for myself included. And that's all I'm saying. And he's he, he, good on him, I think. I mean, just, you know, don't necessarily backtrack, but, you know, sort of clarify or maybe use a different tone and um, maybe try to get people away from the ledge a bit because sure. some people, not you, not, you know, not me, but some people are like, well, geez, are they going to trade him? And it's like, you you don't trade the MVP after he just had the season he had. And I know they took Jordan Love, but I don't think they're in any hurry to get to get to Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, I get the thought. I forget who was talking about this. That you know, oh, is I think Phil Sims that was like saying you don't wait for quarterbacks anymore. You don't sort of go for three years and then get a get a quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that doesn't happen in today's NFL. Usually what happened with Rogers where he sat on the bench, but I think the Packers are actually committed to it. I do think Rogers commentary has been pointed out by Pete Doherty. Yes. Today, I think, and other people is Rogers wants a little more assurance. Like right now he's kind of a lame duck. Uh, there's an opt out after the 2021 season. So Rogers wants a little bit more like, Hey, am I going to be here? Or is the plan just, you're going to get through 2021 and then we're going to go to Jordan love. And I think that's a conversation that I'm sure LaFleur, Gutekust, Murphy are having right now of like, we don't want to make the same mistake. It's, it's a weird thing. And, and we can definitely do more about this you know, on a later day in the middle of summer, but it's, I think the conversation compared to 2008 with Brett Favre, even in 2007, even if Favre maybe didn't retire and it's totally different because the NFL is different. Quarterbacks are way more protected. Um, 
there is Rogers has sort of that. He's kind of got a swagger back a little bit. Now, if they traded Jordan love, would it completely go away? Who knows? But if you keep Aaron Rodgers and trade Jordan love a, you're going to get a good amount, good haul back, but also you're probably going to still have Aaron Rodgers till the end of his contract where you can do the whole thing over again and find your new Jordan love. And it'll just be looked back on as well. You wasted that first round draft pick, which I, I can, I totally disagree on that, but you can get into it later. So I do think they have to assess, like he doesn't want to be a lame duck. We don't want to trade him, but maybe we do after next year. We don't know. I just think they don't want to put themselves into a position like the New Orleans Saints. Like the New Orleans Saints are fucked in their cap. Drew Brees is way was way past his prime, was overbaked this year, and now they're screwed. Now they're like, we're not going to rebuild. We're not going to do. It's bullshit. You guys are going. They're basically going to be the Patriots of this year, next year, where they're going to need a year or two before they they kind of get their shit together financially and with their with their program. Well, do you think New Orleans would possibly trade for Stafford or somebody like that and just sort of reload? If they did, they'd probably have to trade like Mike Thomas and Cameron Jordan. Like they'd have to trade some of their big contracts to make it happen. So like they'd have yeah. to trade like premier players. And I don't know who has deals. I haven't looked at their financials, but they'd have to trade like a Mike Thomas or like a Marshawn Lattimore or a Cam Jordan, like one of their premier players to, to get a guy like Matt Stafford. Yeah, I think it's on the table. I just don't know how they do it. They have draft picks, sure, but I think the Lions could probably do better than New Orleans. I'd love to hit for him to stay the hell out of the NFC, though, him and Deshaun. They both go to the AFC. I'm happy as a clam. If Stafford goes to San Francisco, I'm not happy at all. And that would be yeah. nightmare scenario right there, big time. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. The Rogers stuff, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna. He he said it too on McAfee. Like, I'm around. Like, he's like, they know. Like, I'm not gonna jet off, and they're they're not gonna hear from me. Like, he's gonna talk to them. He's gonna have conversations. He's a smart guy. He knows the the new year for the NFL starts in March. I'm sure they'll have conversations leading up to that, and they'll see what what they can do. I mean, Russ Ball is a financial wizard. Like, there's a reason why the buck the Bucks. The Packers are so cap friendly and, and take care of themselves so well. It's because Russ Ball is really smart and he's really good at his job. Right. Brick, but he's he knows what he's doing. And he he's he's a great talent about he's a great contract evaluator. I don't know if he's a talent evaluator, but he definitely makes sure that these contracts make sense so the Packers are in a good spot financially as as they go forward. Yeah, they they never they never overpay for for anyone and you know perhaps that's it to their to their detriment but uh um most more often than not it always works out and you know you look at Corey Lindsley a guy like that I mean how many offensive linemen over over our lifetime good offensive linemen have the Packers let walk or cut and yep. it has it has worked out in their favor yep so I feel like if his, if his yeah Josh Sitton Mark, Marco Rivera Mike Wall I mean, all those guys that people just lost their freaking minds on all of them. And it, it did you even care by the, by the, you know, midway through the following season? Not really. I mean, it's just, you know, it, you find somebody else at interior line positions and stuff like that. You can, you can always, there's always bodies. And um, 
Do the Packers have Lane Taylor under contract next year? Uh, he's been signing one-year deals. He just keeps getting hurt. So I think – You're right. And they drafted, you know, they have Runyon and Stefaniak, who are both guards, um, and Jake Hansen, who's a center. So they have three young offensive linemen that I'm sure they'll start to kind of work in. Runyon, they did a little bit. I think Runyon starts next year. I think they pushed yeah. Lucas Patrick to center, and then Runyon's your right guard, and Billy, Taylor, Billy Turner is your right tackle. Or maybe he starts at your left tackle, and then – I personally would like them to draft a tackle in the first round, which is a very unpopular opinion. And trust me, yeah. it will get unpopular as the as the draft season goes on. But I think, think you think like you think Rick Wagner's good as gone, long yeah, gone. Yeah, I would not bring Rick Wagner back. I think Rick Wagner was good, but when the chips were down, when they faced a good team, he wasn't. I mean, that was the one one of the few things. LaFleur did wrong in that game was he did not give those tackles any protection. Like he didn't bring Jamal Williams around. He didn't bring big dog. Like they're just, we're giving Aaron Rodgers all these different options without making sure that Rodgers was protected. And I get it. I mean, the offensive line has been so good all year. It was almost a little bit of arrogance for Matt LaFleur and he didn't, he didn't adjust in game that he should have. And I think that's a big warning sign kind of moving forward that, yeah, um, you know, they were good for three or what, four games without Bakhtiari or three games without Bakhtiari, but when it mattered, they weren't. And if we don't have Dave till let's say November, we're, you know, we don't need to risk like Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. And that would be the worst case scenario. So I think, yeah, Rick Wagner's gone as for a guy like Aaron Jones. I think they have a contract for Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones doesn't want to sign it. And he turned that down. Rob Demosky reported that, that he had about a $55 million deal. I'm sure the guarantees were not much, as we know how Russ Ball does it. And so the Packers will do what they've done with guys like Colin Jenkins. Um, There's other examples of this where Greg Jennings, uh, where they're like, hey, go go find a contract. If you get something better, cool. If you want this contract, it's here waiting for you. And... I don't know. I think Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of money from some team. And I don't think it's going to be a good team either. I think it's uh, Jacksonville or, or the New York Jets or someone else who's flush with money and just needs an impact offensive player right away. Yeah. And well, so then who do the Packers keep at running back then? Cause well, it I sure think seemed you, like Jamal Williams is gone, but maybe not. I mean, I think you, well, I, you certainly don't want to ride AJ Dillon. I mean, maybe you just give, AJ Dillon, 200 carries next year and <laughs> wear him out. So, so there's two ways to look at this. That's a good question. Um, I think Williams and Dillon are too similar in the backfield where it's like, I don't think you're getting that sort of change of pace. I think they're really similar guys. Maybe LaFleur, if I had a, like a beer with him, he'd tell me it's different and like open up my mind to it or hack it. And they'd say, no, actually they're, they're different and we're going to bring them both back. But you do need that like shape shifting shifting running back. There's a guy his last he's like Demetric Felton out of UCLA that some of the draft Twitter who are Packer guys are already kind of eyes are getting big. I mean Travis Etienne from Clemson could be available at the end of the first round. I mean that would be an immediate like Aaron Jones replacement because he does all the things Aaron Jones does, um, and yeah. in his fresh legs. 
And so then you have a young running back stable of ETN, Dylan. You bring back the veteran Williams or you sign someone just so you have that veteran presence. But then that's that's what you do going forward. I think the other thing that Williams brings to the table is blocking. And you kind of need that with Aaron Rodgers, even though just what I contradicting what I just said. But still, I don't know if A.J. Dillon's like ready to be a three down back in the NFL. But Williams might get a big right. deal, too. I don't know. You know, a team, team who needs a running back might look at him and say he's a good change of pace guy for us. And we have a you know quick guy in the backfield and we just we're going to go with going to go with Jamal and give him a good, good contract. It would not shock him. Yeah, it's it's an interesting offseason because of just you don't know what's going to happen with the cap um, as of the recording of this podcast, obviously. And just the Packers have taken care of a couple of, you know, Bakhtiari being the main one during the season. And they've taken care of some guys. And it's just going to come down to, yeah, I mean, if Aaron Jones runs out and finds a, a big contract, which he, he very well might with a new agent, um, a prominent agent, uh, if he comes back at a deal they can afford, then obviously we'd love to have him back. But you can't oh, yeah. keep everybody. And, no, that's true. Um, and Kevin to... King, Kevin King was Kevin King was a guy that I think uh, if we had talked last week, it would have been like, yeah, I'd keep him at at you know an okay contract or you know whatever you know his market value or ideally a little bit below. But I feel like nobody wants him now. No, I don't think Kevin King can come back. I just the way he was playing. And then like, I don't know. Did you see Scotty Miller's comments today? He was on the Dan Patrick show. Uh, Scotty Miller. They asked him like, what was going through your head on that, on that catch. And Scotty Miller goes, pull it up, dude. Number 20, you better start running what Scotty Miller was thinking on the touchdown to end the half. That's bad. It's fucking bad. Yeah. There was so there was a guy I, I worked the post game show on on Sunday, and like one of the first callers was like, "Dude, you got burned by a five nine white guy." <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's 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 so ironic too because the Packers have been Packer fans have been just nonstop about how Petten does not play press coverage, and then like the one fucking play they play, you know, Kevin King's up on a guy on what third and one or something with like one set with six seconds left in the clock or something. He's right up playing press coverage and he just gets burned. It's just so, so ironic and, and sad. Yeah. It's, it's pretty damn bad, man. And I do want to go back to your point on the cap. Uh, Bill Huber, I think it was Bill Huber wrote it or he linked it out, uh, said basically that there's real optimism that the league won't crash the salary cap. So kind of similar to what the NF- the NBA did. If you you know recall, they did that sort of artificial salary cap that where it was a yeah. fake, they kept it at the same number. It was a fake cap. So with the league, I think has increased the cap like by 16 million each year, the last few. And that's why people keep going over the cap because the cap keeps increasing. So teams like Minnesota, New Orleans, I think Buffalo has a lot of issues. Um, there could be some teams that are in cap trouble because of that, but not like the Packers. And so they'll keep it there and then they're going to recoup all, coop all their money because their TV deals are up and they're going to make so much money. Like it's going to be unbelievable how much money the NFL is going to make off of those TV deals. 
and right. and they're gonna and and they're in a better financial position than the NBA, and the NBA just showed the roadmap of how to do this. So I think so. That, gonna... So I remember us having a conversation um, in person about uh, CBS not possibly being a part of the NFL package. Yeah. Um, I believe that did, was, did we, did we talk about that? Did you, yeah. that? you said in, it was like on new year's day, we were hanging out and um, we were talking about like where, where Romo might go or whatever. Do, am I, am I dreaming that or no, I, we were talking about Nance. We were talking about Nance and oh, yeah. al- although Jim Nance did said the AFC is the future of the NFL. Oh, he was talking about that, but yeah, I, I just pulled up an article. I was just talking about Jim Nance's contract is up. And so because Jim Nance's contract is up, what will that mean? And so CNBC actually wrote an article about like how they expected to shake out. I think there is some thought that ABC and ESPN might try to come for NBC's Sunday night football. And that would be like ESPN's takeover. Like that would be the official like, and ESPN has played nice with the NFL after the NFL kind of kicked him to the curb. ESPN has sort of been more, inclusive with the nfl so they're trying to get a better profile and get to get that better profile would be that sunday night game which i mean i would be crestfallen if i lost al and chris i know al's old at some point al's gonna retire just like bob Uecker's gonna retire your least favorite person in america um we can get to that (laughs) another day um (laughs) but anyways uh the uh, but yeah, so there's this TV deal comes up in 2022. If the NFL can figure it out how to get this deal done quicker, they can basically make up their salary cap. They can get if they can get the deal done early, rip up this deal and say, all right, here's what we want and who's going to pay it, and and you figure it out. And yeah. I I don't know or say like they cut their ties with Direct TV because so many people have cut the cord. And Sunday ticket now is on Amazon Prime and you pay 50 bucks. You could pay as you go, like 50 bucks a week, or you could pay every, you know, pay an annual fee or, and then your red zones like 10 bucks or something like that. Like you, you just sort of see on how you can make all this money back. It's not hard for, for the NFL. And I expect the NBA to get as creative as, as the, as the league. The other thing I want to bring up when you brought up like who you got pay, Devontae Adams contracts up pretty soon. You're going to want to extend Devontae Adams. Even if Jordan Love's still going to be your quarterback in the future, I think you'd want a guy like Devontae Adams kind of rocking with you. And Jair Alexander's contracts coming up sooner rather than later, his first one. So those are two guys that you have to kind of keep in the back of your mind of that taken care of, what you talked about with Bakhtiari and things like that. So there's a, there's a lot of moves to be made. I mean, there always are moves to be made, right? If you're, if you're a good team, this is kind of what it is. I don't know if, you know, I think a guy like Preston Smith is probably as good as gone too. I think that'll draw a lot of reaction in the past. I don't, I don't know. I think he's still like a casual fan favorite, but I think the real ones know that he's, he had a dog shit year and Rashawn Gary has been awesome. was awesome. The last like, five or six weeks of the season. And, and I think Rashawn's great. And I just think you need, you'll can draft another edge rusher or sign another edge rusher to a little bit cheaper of a deal and, and kind of get going. So, yeah, 
I well, oh, as David as David Bakhtiari put put it, um, if they want you, they they can figure out a way to keep you. That that and, is very um, yeah, it's very true, man. There's a lot of gymnastics in in NFL uh, oh, yeah. salary caps and stuff that's way beyond my level of knowledge. Um, so I don't know. I, that's why they pay Russ Ball the big bucks, right? Yeah. The last thing I I wanted to touch on. I, I was just thinking about it. I, now I'm like, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. I was just thinking about a NFL thing that was, oh, I know what it is. I got it. So I mentioned, like, I think I want to tackle um, in the draft or a cornerback. I don't want to hear Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons this draft season. I really don't. I don't want to do this shit again, Mitch. I know we're going to. But it's like, what more do you want? Like MVS and Lazard, just because they're not household names, those guys have really good years. Robert Tunyon is as good of a tight end who you can have in the league. Yeah, if you lose Aaron Jones, yes, that's a weapon loss. Sure, I'll contend that. But like, it's not this dire need to go draft a receiver in the first round. And I'm going to pull my eyes out. Yeah, I mean it's it's coming though. I mean because oh, yeah, that's, I know it that's, is. I know I know it is. What that's what the national media is using to to manufacture their rift between Rodgers and the organization. That they didn't give him enough in the last draft, and that's ultimately why they keep coming up short. And I think there's some validity to it, but it's um. I mean, MVS had a tremendous game. Yeah. Um, for his level, I guess for his level of expectation. For, as an outsider, I mean, I don't, I don't know what his numbers were. I guess I never looked at four, it, but you know, four catches, he, he didn't seem to drop anything. Yeah, he didn't drop anything. Yeah, four catches, one fifteen. It's good day. And he caught that, he caught that bomb, and I obviously thought of you right away. Like, yep, he yeah. called that on the last podcast. Yep. And I think we all were like, yeah, I could definitely see that. And sure, shit, what happens, right? So yeah, we were going nuts. Yeah. Man. Times were good. We thought everything was like, all right, here we go, and then just slowly but surely uh, faded away. Um, I am not going back to Old World Third um, for any Packer game. Uh, that is on my band list now. Um, that I'm 0-2 there this year, so I am out uh, officially, retired. Interesting. Had a good time, though, I, I will say. I was outside for the first half. Then they came in to warm up at the Mecca, um, which Murph had maybe one of the best comparisons ever and called it a glorified bw3s and i was like yeah that's, i mean that's I mean, what that's, it is it's, it's exactly it i mean that's perfect it's perfect because it's horseshit service it is um <laughs> oh yeah that's right we had that it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just it's just a big uh a big bar a big obviously a big sports bar duh but like yeah it's it's overpriced and service isn't good and i mean the only cool thing about it is that you're you're right by the arena. So. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. That's it, That place is all right. And you know, that, that whole area is, is interesting in its own right. Just, uh, just a host of different options for all, all different types of parties. You want to drink your face off, you go to slate, you want to kind of drink your face off, but be a little classier about it. You go to uncle bucks. You want to just hang out with 21 year olds or under you go to red, white, and blue. I mean, has it all. Yeah. But, but I'm watching the, I'm unfortunately watching the Bucks absolutely implode down the third quarter uh, barrel uh, here. That's so. not good. Um, 
there are they losing now? No, but I mean they had a ten point lead and it's gone in about I don't know three minutes yeah, of no. real time. And Terrence Davis has tripped over himself and they called a foul on DJ Augustine. So that's nice. um, um, the Tampa Bay but, Raptors. Yeah, I mean whatever they'll be fine. But I'm just it's hard <laughs> to watch a game and not get angry. I hear you, man. I I try. I I can't. I can never like like do that. I have to. I'm always. I'm always pretty much. There's nothing I'm looking at. Um, you, if anything, I'm I just, normally don't. But I'm. But I'm very, very proud of myself for as far as is. I've just kind of been keeping one eye on it. And but yeah, so they finally anyway, they finally broke you. Yeah, well, yes. I just yeah. I mean, it's it's been going okay the third quarter. It's the last two minutes was just brutal. Yeah, that has been a problem for them. Yeah, I look forward to watching watching it back. Uh, got three different recaps to do and a bunch of stuff to watch tonight. So I'm I'm locked and loaded. Be be a fun little night for your boy. Uh, um, but anyways, blew, as for, they, they blew two ten point leads in the third quarter. Oh, that's I mean, nice. they're up by one at the end of the third. But I mean, to just yeah, been a weird game. All right, enough with the play-by-play. Um, but moving on to uh, the Bucks themselves, and hopefully they hold on as we tape this on a Wednesday night. They, the narrative around Giannis seems to just be changing every day. And it seems like, which I get, but it seems like if you win a couple MVPs that people are going to start expecting more. You sign a big deal. People are going to be expecting more. So because Giannis has been off to a slower than usual start, and he's not even really having that slow of a start, just maybe not to the standard that people want him to, um, the haters are are out and they're, they're there. And now I don't want to do this like, are they too hard on him? Because it's, you know, player empowerment is, I think, over the top. But I'll ask you this. Is it is it fair? Is it? you know, should they be coming down this hard or is it just sort of, they need to, they need to see the bigger picture. Well, I mean, wow. It's, it, wow. I mean, I, I don't even know how to, how to start it because it's, well, start it with- is fair. It, it is fair. I think a little bit because I guess my, my whole point and you, and you alluded to it, obviously there bringing up, bringing us into the topic is that he signed the Supermax now. So he, this is going to be a guy that's, and it hasn't even kicked in yet, um, but it's a guy that is going to be accounting for, what is it, 25% of your cap space or whatever. Um, and, you know, with, with great power comes great responsibility. And you've been a two-time MVP, and it's time to, I don't know, it's time to, to, to get the Bucks to the next level. And a lot of it, I mean, we can, we can bicker all day until the cows come home about, you know, do they have superstars on their team and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton? But I think a lot of it comes down to Giannis being able to to play at a really high level, like an Aaron Rodgers, where you, you know you it, your star player needs to be exceptional at all times. And I guess some games he hasn't, especially in some of the you know the, the tougher contests they've had so far this year, he hasn't been all that great. He's, he's looked frustrated and he's looked like he's just not having necessarily a ton of fun out there. Uh, I think he is, but it's this, it's this, it's the other thing too. And and this is, this is a very pinheady take, but um, it's not necessarily mine, but I think it's out there, but just like 
some of these national media people are, are probably not upset that Giannis is staying, you know, but that whole thing goes away. Right. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, so now they got to find something else to nitpick and, and they got to find something else to talk about when it comes to Giannis. So they, um, I guess they're doing it this way and it's, um, it's, it, it's somewhat fair, but um, you know, all of a sudden we then again, expect the world from a guy who everybody knows is, you know, still a, somewhat of a flawed player. He, he's, he's yeah. dominant in the paint, but he's just got, he's got, he's got some, some, you know, six, again, 60% of his potential is what he says. And it's, it's kind of been there though, for, for longer than it should be. And maybe that's why people are, are being hard on him because it just needs to, they're, they're just, when is it going to come? Right. Yeah. I think you, you, the one thing I pulled out of your, your commentary, which I thought was great was the comment about, he's not having fun. He doesn't look like he's having fun. And you're like, oh, I'm sure he is, but I, you're right. Like I haven't seen Giannis smile that much this year. Yeah. Like I really it, have It's not that he's like not having fun. It's just like a lot of frustration. He's, he's getting right. just destroyed every time he touches the ball. And right. I mean, doesn't get a call. And he gets I shoved think, by LeBron James into the stanchion, doesn't get a call, and then LeBron James gets gets breathed on next time down. Well, and, and I and, and I think one. that's I think that's something that Mike Boonholz or John Horace need to talk to him about. About look, dude, get some more technicals. Don't like cost us points. But if you want to tell a ref you're pissed off, tell a ref you're pissed off. Talk about it in the post game presser. Like Giannis needs to find that sort of mean streak about he has the mean mug and he has a mean streak but like what there was a comment i guess when lebron was in cleveland somebody said something to him on the Cavs bench and then he just made like 10 straight points right on the bench and he scored 46 in the game like Giannis doesn't have that Giannis doesn't have the like oh you did the belt like when of like players do the belt on aaron Rodgers. it's like oh you fucked up like, that doesn't really happen with Giannis. We've seen it a couple times here and there. But, like, yeah, Giannis has to get a little more nasty. And I do think that it's fair to expect more of him. It's frustrating to hear national media types say, well, what do we have with Giannis? Kind of to your point um, of, like, why are we still kind of stuck in neutral? Why hasn't he pushed forward? I do think what's frustrating to me is like listening to a guy like Bill Simmons who says, why did they talk about Yon? Why did they work on Giannis's three-point shot? Why weren't they just working on post moves with him? And like, that makes me want to run through a fucking wall. Like not in the sense of like, I'm fired up. It just makes me want to just like, just knock myself out because it's like you motherfuckers. Everybody was like three-pointers, three-pointers, Steph Curry jerking off, whatever. Like, <laughs> fucking ejaculating threes and everybody's losing their fucking shit about threes and now because anthony davis and lebron and Embiid's having a great year why aren't there post moves go fuck off like i i just can't deal with that shit like a year ago you were like well get the three-point shot so like and i love bill simmons so like bill's like a family member to me i've listened to more bill simmons than probably anyone else that I've listened to podcast wise. So I feel like I can say this just like I can make fun of other fat people. Cause I'm fat. It's just part of it. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm in the well, club. Go ahead. 
and then like, okay, you want post moves. How the fuck do you have room for post moves when the entire team, their coaching staff and the refs are in the paint when Giannis is in there? I mean, there's no room, to, no room to do anything. Yeah. And, and so the fadeaway to the turnaround fadeaway has, I feel like it's gotten better. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't call it reliable, but I mean, it's, it's another option. And he, I feel like he's gotten more comfortable also turning more towards the inside and maybe working on that baby hook. That hook and was the other thing, the, Yes. And if he can get that down, uh, yes. But the other thing too, and we talked about it, I think last week, if not last week, week before, like, I think he's, I think he's, he's working on things right now too. So maybe it might look. That's kind of what I meant different. about your picture and, for sure. Right. And like, just, just give him, you know, uh, some time. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I think you're, and it, it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. And I, I think you're all, that's super right. And I think that's the other side. If you want to get more on the nice side of it and be less critical, it is that. And I've been saying this for a few weeks now that, the Bucks are going to need time and people kind of are like, Charlie, it's we're a quarter way through the season. I'm like, yeah, guess what? This is a whole new Budenholzer's adjusting his offense as this goes. He's wanting to do more things. He's doing different shit. And so because he's doing different shit, it's going to take these guys time to adjust. It's complex. It's not easy. And so once they start figuring out, it's over. And I do agree with those who say, move Giannis to the five, get rid of Brooke Lopez, look for a guard. I, I, his trade package sucked, but our friend Eric suggesting Eric Gordon, I really like that. I really like that idea. I like, if you can include PJ Tucker, I have one. Like that's, I mean, that's ideal, right? You get Gordon and Tucker and those guys would immediately make the bucks a, a contender. And because right now I think they're a notch below Brooklyn and Philly. That's kind of where I have them at this moment. Can that change? Chuck's on the Philly bandwagon. You fucking hate to see that. Dude. I I don't know if I can talk to you anymore. I I don't know how they're doing against the Lakers tonight. Um, Some of us have the Lakers, Um, eh, but um, I'm no, I look, I just think right now we'll wait and see on Philly. Philly. you put me in a bear. You put me in a little bit of a tough spot here. I don't, I just think, yeah. Embiid is playing better than Giannis at this point. That's basically what I'm saying. Philly right now is beating yeah. the Lakers 70 to 65. And I'll tell you right now, if Philly wins, it's going to be a huge push for the Sixers. And, but as people forget, Doc Rivers is the West coast. Mike Budenholzer. He's yeah had so many collapses in the playoffs so i i can say all i want that hey maybe the philly's better but if anyone's a regular season coach it's doc fucking rivers and he gets none of the smoke that mike boonholzer does but compare those playoff records and ain't it there ain't there ain't much difference besides that one nba finals take that out of there and you don't have you don't have shit i mean doc rivers had the original super team no yeah and oh, yeah. going no back to about 2008 it. or 07 or 08, whatever that was, I mean, where it started a big three. Now those guys were, were aging. They weren't yeah. three guys in their prime, like you saw in Miami some years later. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, I've always thought Doc Rivers is a little overrated um, just because he was with Orlando a long, long time ago. And you and I were damn near in diapers. Um, 
Bucks actually kicked their ass in 2001 or whatever. Yep. I think in the first round. Yep. Uh, with Trace, Trace and McGrady on Orlando. And, you know, he was sort of a mediocre coach. And then he goes to Boston and has a couple of decency. And then they get, you know, the big three and the rest is history. But yeah, he's come up short ever since then. And um, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Sixers. But uh, I mean, yeah, Philly, Philly is a, a, certainly a different team, just the way they're they're set up. I thought Josh Richardson straight up for Seth Curry was, I mean, a fleecing by Dallas, but Philly was desperate for shooting and they got, that's why they got him and Danny green. And um, you know, it's sort of worked out for them so far. I feel like Tobias Harris has been better <laughs> at getting shots to go. And um, yeah. And beat has been uh, unreal, but you know, injuries are always a, a, a thought with him. Well, I'm not going to, I, I hate to do that because that's bad karma. Oh but, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. No, I, I agree. And what, what's his most, what's his most games played 63 or something in his career. And, is, and, and how, ha- and how happy is Ben Simmons is Ben, you know, Ben Simmons was in trade talks for James Harden. Well, ben Simmons, Simmons has, been, has been, has been freaking traded to every team in the league, you know, at least once oh, yeah. by some rumor, mm-hmm. some reporter has linked him to every team. So, I mean, yeah. It's part of the business, but yeah, at some point it's like, am I, am I here or what am I doing? Right. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't fit with Embiid. And I I mean, I think anyone with two eyes understands that, but, and yet people still try to make it work. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting. I mean, hopefully the Bucks hold on, you know, up three right now. And if they do, I mean, they have a nice little schedule here where they can, or they're up seven now, excuse me. Looked, I looked quickly and then refreshed on me. You know, they have a nice little schedule here where they can start kind of making some noise and kind of making, making some inroads on, you know, the season. I mean, they're not in a bad spot. They're 10 and six. Um, they have a, a good test coming up with Indiana in a couple of weeks. Now, Indiana just lost to Mata Savonis, maybe. That would obviously affect what the Pacers are trying to do. But you get New Orleans and Charlotte on the road uh, this coming weekend. And then you're home against Portland, who's kind of mediocre, has no big man with Nurkic out, and then Indiana. So, I mean, you can start kind of getting a little warm. And you got a big road trip coming up. And from all that you read from the bubble, which isn't a surprise, road trips are kind of like hell. And the Bucks are going to be on the road for like two weeks, three weeks. It's crazy. So yeah. they, they're going to have to gonna have to muster it up. And I think that's going to test, test a lot. And I, I haven't really looked and seen like what records are on road trips this year, but I can't imagine they're that good because there's that feeling of like, God, I'm just in my fucking hotel room and I'm not doing anything. And just the motivation there is just, is not, not existent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fake life. Right. I mean, it just is, um, real quick before we move on, uh, one of Norman Powell's stat line in the fourth quarter. No, uh, future uh, Bucks killer Norman Powell has 27 points. Bucks, he has 26 on eight of 10 shooting, five of seven from three. I mean, it is just he. How does he not start for them? He he did tonight, but I well, don't know. there's been a, a lot of one of those classic ones. There's where been a lot of criticism. He plays really well against your team, and you just you just can't even. And he just isn't very good against anybody else. Or what's the what's the story there? I mean, that's 
should we call those people the Billy Hamilton All-Stars? Like, that's really what it is. Like, Norman Powell is a Billy Hamilton All-Star. That's what, that's, that, that is the definition of what Billy Hamilton is. Billy Hamilton isn't that good, but he's just good against your team. And you could call him the Norman Powell All-Stars if you want. I mean, that's the NBA version. Is Norman Powell the, the uh, NBA's Billy Hamilton? Some are saying. Um, yeah, I don't know. But there's been some criticism of Nick Nurse because he has – you know, hasn't been starting Chris Boucher and he's Chris Boucher is very talented and he's been on their bench um, this year. And I think that's drawn some ire from the Raptors fans and some NBA fans. So it's interesting that, you know, the Raptors are kind of in this, in this interesting spot this season compared to other, other years. So we'll see, hopefully yeah. the Bucks. Well, Toronto has, I mean, Toronto has like seven undrafted guys and like 11 guys who have been in the G league before it's just, it's literally a ragtag group. And I don't know. I mean, at some point it's like, it's, it's, at some point they, they have to be not as talented as the other teams. I mean, when you get, now they have to start Van Vliet because he's making way too much money. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's just, that was such a bad guy. I, I mean, I get it. He's a, he's an absolute folk hero there. You had probably had to keep him, but my God, I mean, 20 million a year, isn't that what it is for him? Yeah. I that mean, would be, that'd be like keeping it's, it's a extreme, but it's like keeping you nasty court. Cause he had a couple of big hits for the brewers. Like, you know, you just yeah. can't do it. Um, you, they he was the let, classic, like he was the classic, like, yeah, let Charlotte overpay him Yeah, <laughs> or let the Knicks overpay him. <laughs> maybe those teams are actually smart and didn't want them. And Toronto's like, all right, here we go. We're going to, we'll do good by you. And, you know, um, but now they're stuck with them. Yep. That, that they are my friend. Uh, by the way, just really quick. And I, we're this is terrible podcasting, but the fact that Giannis now, this is the second game, straight game. He only had one three point attempt tonight. And last game, he only had two three-point attempts. So the haters that want him to be in the post a little bit more, I think you're getting it. I think he's saying, fuck the three, and just barreling into dudes. He's had a massive night tonight, 20-17-9 and nine with about seven minutes left to go. So, I mean, he's, he's having a big night. Saying, he's kind of laughing at us as we, uh, as we do this. He's hearing it through uh, on the court there. <laughs> Yeah, they have the they have the Zoom and Emily Arena, a hockey arena. Yeah, they've said yeah. that about seven seventeen times on Fox Sports Wisconsin tonight. Well, so, you know, you just gotta fuck those chickens, man. You just gotta keep going. You just gotta keep going back to the well, just like Mike Florio has done. They're it, playing like, the Toronto Raptors in Tampa in a hockey arena. As if this isn't twenty twenty, I don't know what you know. I know it's not that joke is no longer uh, usable, but um, well, I pretty that, much is. That cracks me up too about the 2020 stuff because I, I so I I go on the bike and it's a spin bike and they have a Pel- I have a Peloton app attached to it. Um, it's not a Peloton, and but I'll take like old classes. Like I'll take classes that were right before the start of the new year, and they'll be like flushing out 2020 and getting ready for 2021. I'm like, ain't shit changed, man. People are still trying to be like all secretive and not do shit. And I'm like, there are more people vaccinated. Like it's felt good the last two weeks to like go out to the bar and like actually be a human 
versus like just be sheltered in place here. Now the bars, I, I ranted about this a couple of days ago, but the bars like have no idea how to control people at this point because they're like, hey, you got to be sitting, like wear your mask if you're standing. And it's like, well, I took my mask off to drink. If I stand up and I'm just talking to my friends, like what is the difference? Um, so I've, I just noticed that. I don't know. I know you were out on Saturday. I don't know if you've noticed that yourself. Um. No, I mean, we did go to one place, but there's nobody there. So, I mean, it wasn't better, really an issue. Better than RBG, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we just got canceled, so thanks. Oh, come on. That's, that's funny. Oh, I can't make that joke? Come on. That's, that's... I mean, I'm not saying you can't, but... That, Billy Graham, that, just stick, stick to Billy Graham. Is that in poor taste? So I can't make a joke about about somebody who died a, a while ago? Like, come on. Yeah, that, that, that was a while ago. It also I, took me a good 15 seconds to realize who RBG was. So um, <laughs> You should have just let it slide. You shouldn't have even addressed it. You should have just said, all right, moving <laughs> on. Like, no, there goes Charlie. Just making jokes. Just having Shame on me. Just busting balls. I mean, come on. That that's fu- funny is funny, Mitch. I've I I apologize if anyone was offended. Okay, just settle down. No need no need to get mad. But yeah, that uh, that's there. And you know now Packer fans just either they become Bucks fans, they wait till Brewer season. I don't know why you'd do that at this point. Um, knowing no, I, I don't even that. know when that's gonna happen. Well, I have no idea. I, baseball, I'm just so fucking frustrated with baseball. I can't even begin to explain. I ranted about the Hall of Fame yesterday. I don't need to go through that again. Um, them not understanding a season, them not getting the universal DH, like just all this shit is just so I, – I just hate the management, and I'm so mad at Bud Selig. I always have said Bud Selig was a fraud. I always said that, yeah, the guy brought baseball back to Milwaukee, but he's been a walking fucking nightmare ever since. He's a used car salesman. He gives the thing to Rob Manfred, who has been a disaster. Now, they bring in Theo Epstein. Maybe that's going to help. Theo wants to try to grow the game. I, I trust Theo. I think Theo is as smart of a guy as they have in baseball. But, yeah, I don't know why you look yeah. forward to baseball at this point, unless – there was someone, unless like Mayor Tom Barrett said that, yeah, we, you guys can come to games starting on opening day. You just got to wear masks, but no tailgating. Um, yeah. I think that would be great. But we'll, we'll, it's, um, well, I, I would wonder, you know, um, I've long said that three quarters of the people at a brewer game aren't, don't even care what's happening at the game. Yeah. And if, if you take away the whole, drinking and the atmosphere you know culture so to speak what would it look like i mean yeah i'm also wondering you wouldn't you wouldn't notice you wouldn't notice a difference on a tuesday night game against you know the reds but would you notice against on a weekend against with with the cubs in town i mean absolutely yeah i think actually now that i think about it i think you could tailgate because if you only like say they, and I'm sure they're having conversations about this at the Brewers offices, but if you 
if you had like 10,000 fans, right? And I, there is a number, I was told a number from a good source of like what they need to like make a profit. I forget what it was now. I was told this in the summer. I think it's like 14 or 15. You could probably look at your parking lots and say, we could have X amount of people and space these cars out. And then they're able to tailgate if they want to. Now I've said long and tried and true that tailgating is overrated. Um, I know that's yeah. sacrilegious, but give me a bar shuttle any day of the week over tailgating, just so much easier. Or give me just yeah. an Uber straight to the stadium. Um, and But if people want to tailgate, like it's options there. And like not everybody's going to park their car. So by, you know, happenstance, you're going to have more available seats or more available sections and people will have that ability to tailgate. They probably won't because it'd be like this bad look or whatever, because everybody is worried about getting canceled instead of just doing what's logically the smart thing to do. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think that would be a boost to be like, how do you start feeling good about the Brewers? You know, you, you bring back fans, you bring back some of tailgating maybe. Then I think people start buying in a little bit more with the Brewers. But right now, you talk about a team that is completely off the radar in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. It's the Brewers. Because, like, people probably would rather talk about Wisconsin basketball than, than the Brewers. Maybe even Marquette. I don't know. Um, I don't know if Marquette won tonight. But, you know, I again, another team that I would not care too much about this year just because they're mediocre. They're, her, they're the herd pole uh, bucks of, of Wisconsin sports at this point. Um, so that, and if they want I, that even funnier that I said that, but still it's, uh, they're not worth my time. Uh, so that, that's that. And the Badgers, who knows, maybe the Badgers get hot. Maybe they, they make it happen. They did lose uh, 72 to 63. So that's nice. Love that. <sighs> Just hate cheering for a bad basketball team, Mitch. I tell you. Yeah, I mean, we got some pretty decent basketball in this state. I mean, I know Marquette's sort of bringing the bringing up the caboose at this point in time, but they're not like horrible. They're they not. Just, they're, they're I mean, they're not. They're, they're, they're not young. UW cream. I mean, yeah, but they're always a fucking young team, man. They're just a bad coach team. They Mojo's an idiot, but we don't have the Brinks truck to be like, "Fuck this guy, we're gonna fire him and bring in Nate Oates from Alabama, who's a Wisconsin native, by the way." Um, and I love Alabama. Alabama is like a Charlie Trishler nominee of taking way too far because you've fallen in love with this team and then getting burned because they lose in the, in the, the second round. That is exactly yeah. what Alabama is. <clears throat> Alabama has like all if, the makings of it. If you took a, one of those like uh, uh, maps of the country and it said um, what – What's state by state? What team you think is going to win the title? I bet the state of Wisconsin would take Michigan, just because of how bad they beat the Badgers. Oh, dude, I think ago. I think everybody's taking Gonzaga. I know there'll be people who are contrarian about Gonzaga, but Gonzaga is so fucking good. It's oh, yeah. I agree, oh. Michigan's there. It's like Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan are like above everybody else. Then it's another tier of teams. And I don't even think Wisconsin falls into that tier of teams. They probably fall into the third or fourth. They had a tough game against Maryland. They're into the first half in that one as we tape this. So I think they're in that last, that next tier. Um, Iowa, 
I look forward to seeing them exit in the second round because they don't play a lick of defense. Virginia is creeping back yeah. up there again, which if you really want to be like break my heart as a Marquette fan, it will be for Marquette to miss the tournament and for like Sam Hauser to just have an awesome fucking march. That would cause me to eat a cyanide pill. <laughs> yeah, that would that would hurt. I mean, those guys would look pretty good, wouldn't they? Right yeah. now, I mean, that would that would solve a lot of issues. Yeah, well, it's too bad the coach ran them out of town, and that should have gotten fired in the fucking first place. But you know what? What can I do? I'm just a what man. What was he supposed that. to do? Take? He was gonna go against Marcus Howard. Okay, so no, no, no. They, here's the story. Um, since we're we're in after hours now, um, and I've 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 talked to enough people about this that I feel comfortable about it. It's like it. He so Hauser had a hip injury. The older Hauser had a hip injury the the nit year andrew rousey howard um and he needed surgery on it and he was like i kind of want to have surgery and but i can play through this if you want me to but i'd I'd really you know like to kind of fix my hip and wojo's like yeah no like you can play through it so basically made him play through this hip injury and just completely fractured the relationship Joey came because he wanted to go where his brother wanted to. Joey never wanted to come to Marquette. That, that's one of those common misconceptions. They wouldn't have Joey Hauser. I, even if Sam stayed, I think Joey would transfer. Joey just kind of did the thing where it's like, oh, I guess I'll go where my older brother is. You know, just not really thinking for himself. Like, there's yeah. a reason those two guys went separate ways. And now there were rumors that they were, were ready to go to Wisconsin, and the mom pulled the plug on that. I don't know if that's true. Um, I, if it is Deb Hauser's a saint, um, I think that's her name. I, that, that might be their aunt. Who's the W. Uh, yeah. Deb Hauser is definitely, that's a person for sure. I it might, yeah, maybe yeah. it's their aunt. I don't She's know. their aunt. It's their aunt who runs the WIA who's worthless. Um, but I, I mean, just taking shots from everywhere, Mitch, I'm just shooting. Like, this is, this is where you get me good. I, I admitted to the people last week, yesterday, that I didn't really remember taking the podcast on Sunday night. Like I wasn't even that drunk, but I just, I went so off the hip that I just, I could have said anything. And yeah, I would be like, all right. Yeah. I said that. I guess I did. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Drunken podcasting is great. Like people like I could, I think we could do a whole like secondary show, just us talking hammered, but we'd probably get canceled after like a third, third episode. Yeah, that probably would happen. All right. For sure. Well, that's, that is a good place to end. We'll be back Friday. Um, probably not as much betting talk as we have been in the past. Um, we'll save that for next week with the Super Bowl. Super Bowl upcoming. Uh, I actually have a fun topic, Mitch, that I saved uh, for next week. So we'll, we'll do that next week. I think you and I can have a, a fun little conversation about that. And I look forward to it as well as whatever else comes down the pipeline in the next week. Maybe David Stearns will get off his ass or it will just be rumored for a bunch of, bunch of guys and then sign more utility infielders. Maybe, or, or we'll sign Justin Turner three years for $60 million and we'll all lose our minds. Everyone. I always, now, Mitch, I, I said, I said it in a chat and I said it on the podcast today. If they give them three years, nobody can complain. Not a soul. Not one person. <laughs> you can't. And I, I, I will I will raise so much hell. 
but that's that's if I need to. Um, and I always raise Hal. Shots, Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. See ya.